Well, amen, I still don't know why they won't let me sing with them. I haven't figured it out yet. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Matthew chapter 21. This Sunday, of course, is many people know it as Palm Sunday or uh, the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at that this morning here in Matthew chapter 21. Begin reading there in verse 1. It says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. If any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded, and, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and set, them, and set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches from the trees, and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before, before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the crowd was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Look back with me in verse 10. It says, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? I'd like to preach a message I've titled, More Than a Triumphal Entry. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, truly is the song that we sang, Lord, by and by, we're going to tell the story, the great story, Lord, what you did in our hearts and lives. Lord, I pray now that you'd give us wisdom, give us understanding as we preach the Word of God. I pray, Lord, the Holy Spirit would have freedom to deal and to work in hearts and lives this morning. pray that you'd empower me. May I hide behind the cross. May I lift up Jesus Christ. May you be magnified, Lord, before the people. Lord, this is your people. This is your church. And Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified. Lord, no doubt in a crowd this size, there may be some here that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't know if they died today that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that this would be the day that they would come and receive Jesus Christ, their Savior, before it's eternally too late. You know the needs of every other person here, Lord, Christians. Lord, I pray that you meet those needs. Encourage and strengthen, for I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We find here that Jesus comes riding in. Many don't realize the magnitude of this entry into Jerusalem. Some think, well, he just come in and people got excited about it. No, there's so much more uh, to it than that. Uh, he had never made his way into the city this way before. Generally, when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, he would come in uh, and through the sheep gate or one of the other gates where the others would not come in. He wouldn't come in the normal routes that a lot of people would walk in because he wasn't trying to make a stir. He wasn't trying to, to get everybody's attention. But this day he comes in and he, as he comes, he comes with a, with a different reason. He comes in that others might see him, that he makes a, basically his impression upon them. 
You know, there's a tradition that we have in, in America that was started, I believe it was probably back in the 1920s, I believe is when they started. It's called a ticker tape parade. And in New York especially, among those skyscrapers, they would, back in the day when they had from, they would run what they call a ticker tape. It was long pieces of, of paper that would be about that wide, and they would be in a, in, a, in, a, in a strip, and they would come off there, and they would run the ticker on that. It would tell them what the stock market was doing and, and so forth. It was a way of communication. They would save those in big bundles after they had used them, and they were, uh, they were trashed. They would, they would bag them up, and they would save them. And then when they had the ticker tape parade, they would be in the skyscrapers in the big office buildings. They would open the windows up and whoever it was, dignitaries or whatever. In fact, in, 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 uh, in January of 1946, we had, a, uh, I think it was uh, 13,000 of the 82nd Airborne came back in. And they was, was, uh, they walked between the tanks. It was four miles down that avenue and, and they opened up the windows and they took pieces of paper and those ticker tapes and threw them out the window and, 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 and welcoming them home because of, uh, of the great job that they had done and sacrificing their lives that, that America might be free. We find that it's been a tradition. They now, they still do it, but it's, some of it's lost its, its appeal because they do it first. Just everything. I mean sports and everything else now. But it used to be something very special. That you would come down through that, through that uh, uh, avenue and they would, they would be hollering and screaming. There would be parades and there would be music and they would be welcoming them in. It might be a dignitary. It might be, uh, in fact, in, in March of that same year, Winston Churchill, uh, he come down that, uh, that avenue in, in, a, in a parade and they did the same thing for him because of what took place in the war. Well, Jesus Christ is entering into Jerusalem. He's not coming in quietly now. He's sitting on a, on a donkey. You say, well, preacher, that don't sound, that don't sound like much of a, much of an animal be riding in. Wouldn't you think that he would ride in on a horse, a big white stallion or, or a big black steed or something like that, man, just showing his power? Well, you've got to understand in that day and time, a donkey was considered like what we would consider a Rolls Royce when someone wrote on it. In fact, you go back and you'll find that the kings and their sons that was over the providences and stuff would ride on donkeys. It was considered the Rolls Royce, you might say, of that day and time. Jesus Christ, uh, He sends them to get the, the donkey that He's going to ride on and, and the and the, the mother uh, of that, that little foal alongside, and she was with them too. And they took, their, they took their, their robes and they laid them across that donkey and placed Jesus on it. And as he went into Jerusalem, the people would take their coats off and, and go in front of the, uh, their robes off and their clothes, and they would throw the, their robes and stuff down in front of that donkey, and they made a pathway for him to come down through. They would cut branches off of the palm trees and, and lay them in the way, and, and people would line up up and down where Jesus was riding into, into that city of Jerusalem. It was greater than a ticker tape parade. Most of your parades today are given because of what somebody has done. And yet Jesus, His was about what He was going to do. Though people didn't understand, didn't realize. Back in 1976, uh, I'm from a little town called Piedmont down southeast Missouri, and a town of about 2,300. 
And we didn't have football. We didn't have a lot of the bigger sports, but we had basketball, and it was, it was the thing in our town. In 1976, I was a, I was a sophomore in, in high school, and, and my brother was a senior that year, and he played on basketball. I played on the basketball team, but I was on the B team because of being a sophomore. And he was on the A team. And we went to state the first time that Clearwater had, had went to state, and they was there and they worked their way through the finals, was played for the championship game. My brother and, and three, I think it was about three of the other starters came down with the flu. And they played that championship game against Lynn Tech, or not Lynn Tech, but against Lynn, Missouri. And, and uh, they got beat by, I think, about two or three points because all of our guys, they would walk off the court, throw up, get back on the court and play again playing with fevers and everything else, and they just couldn't hardly go. But they still came close to winning the, the, the game. Well, you got to understand, uh, Piedmont is down in southeast Missouri. It's not in the flatlands. It's in the, in the hills. In fact, Piedmont means foot of the mountain, and we got a mountain there that's the second highest uh, place, uh, point uh, elevation in the state of Missouri. Uh, first would be uh, Tom Salk. Well, when you in Piedmont, you had to pipe. You have to pipe the sun into Piedmont. It's so far back in the woods, and so uh, they finally they did. By the way, they did uh, after uh, right before we left. They did get a stoplight, and it was just so. It's mostly for decoration. We don't didn't use for anything else. But anyway, uh, when the ball team and the the basketball team, the the A team and the B team was, we we went to state with them, and and we come back in on the buses and. Starting out of town, cars were lined up. People were outside with, with uh, banners and with homemade signs and welcoming that ball team back into town. And as they went down through Main Street and, and people were cheering, they got second place. But boy, it was like winning everything. It's like the World Series for Piedmont. They welcomed into town. It's because of what they'd done. But we see Jesus Christ coming into Jerusalem in just a few days. He's going to the cross. This is called His triumphal entry. Yet can I tell you, that is only the beginning. That was only the beginning, the first entry. As He comes in, and I want to look at that. We'll begin there. We're going to look at some entries of Jesus Christ this morning. But I want us to begin there. And in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 21 there, and we see the triumphal in, 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 entry into Jerusalem. Look at verse 10. It says, And when He was coming to Jerusalem... All the city was moved, saying, who is this? Jesus came into the city riding upon that colt, and, and, and it, it had a great far, farther reaching than what anybody can understand. As I said, it's like a person coming in on a Rolls Royce, uh, the king. Uh, it was saying that he was the king, and the people began to shout, and the people began to declare him and call him out unto him that he was the king. This was the fulfilling also of Zechariah chapter 9 and, and in verse 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. This entry moved everybody in the city. 
Everybody was excited. People were asking, who is this? What's going on? And, and people were stirred because Jesus was coming in and, and they, they saw the people shouting and, and clapping their hands and rejoicing and, and taking their robes and laying them in the pathway and the palm branches and coming down and, and people were rejoicing. This, is the, this was in the preparation. This is the week of the preparation for the Passover and, and people were coming into, into Jerusalem and now here's Jesus Christ finally presenting himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Never before had he done that. But now he's presenting himself that, coming in on a, on a donkey. Verse 8 and 9 says, And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches from the trees and strolled them in the way. And the multitude that went before and followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When they said there, Hosanna to the son of David, to talk with the Israelites and to begin to question them about the Messiah, they would always refer to the Messiah as the son of David. And now we find that they're saying Hosanna, talking about the king. Hosanna unto, unto him and Hosanna to, to the son of David. And they're proclaiming him to be the king, the Messiah. But yet in just a few days, many of the same people would be hollering, crucifying, crucifying. Can you imagine that? Here they're rejoicing and some of the same people that took their robes off and laid them in front of those donkeys. Some of the same people that laid the, cut the branches down and laid them in front of him. Some of the same people that was clapping and saying, Hosanna to the king in just a few days. Be hollering, away with him, crucify him, away with this man, crucify him. Yet that day as he comes in, he comes in as the king of kings. This entry moves some to shout and to lift him up. But there was others that it moved in a different way. Not in praise, not in worship but in jealousy and anger, desiring to kill Him. There were those religious leaders, the Pharisees and the, and the and different ones that, that wanted the, the chief priest and the, and the scribes and, and those religious leaders. They, they, they wanted to do away with Jesus Christ. And this moved them to, to secure a way to take His life. They, at this point, wanted to, to kill Jesus Christ, but they hadn't had the right opportunity. But by now, Judas has come. And Judas has said, I'll sell out for 30 pieces of silver. I'll sell unto you uh, this man, Jesus. I will lead you to him that you might take him. They wasn't wanting at that time before that they weren't wanting to, to crucify or to crucify him, uh, at the Passover. But the, you, you have to understand that the Lord, uh, when he, when he, uh, set up the Passover, it was that a lamb would be slain without spot and without blemish. The blood would be taken and it would be struck over the doorpost and over the top of the door. And when the death angel would come by, he would see the blood and he would go on and, and not enter in and destroy anybody. You see, there had to be the blood that would pass, that would be passed over all so that, that, uh, that the death angel wouldn't kill him. Here's Jesus Christ. God's plan is, is that Jesus would go to the cross. 
as the Passover lamb for you and me. That His blood would be shed. That it could be struck across our hearts that we might have eternal life. That we might be saved. Not only was the purpose of this entry to fulfill prophecy and to present Himself as King, but to push the hand of this re- these religious leaders to cause them to want to kill Him at the Passover. Jesus became our Passover Lamb without spot, without blemish, without sin, to become the atonement for our sins, dying in our place that we might have eternal life. It was this entry that moved Him to another entry for you and me. And that entry was, Jesus went to the cross, but He was entered into a grave. He entered into the grave for you and me. Jesus went to the cross and was crucified, then laid in a borrowed tomb. In Matthew 27, verse 59 and 60, it says, and when Joseph had taken the body, talking about Jesus' body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. But my friend, on that third day, on that third day, that hey, listen, that grave couldn't hold him. On that third day, I can just imagine uh, uh, the the old demons of hell. They said, "We've got him." I, up until that point, I imagine they, uh, the the devil was saying, "Have you got him?" He said, "Oh yeah, we got him. He's dead. He's laying in here in the tomb. He's in the grave. Uh, we got him in here." He said, "Don't worry about. It. We've never lost anybody yet." Second day rolls around and the devil comes up and says, "Hey, how's it going? No problem. No problem. We got this man. He's still here." Okay. Third day rolls around. All of a sudden, the devil says, what's going on up there? I hear a rumbling. I hear a, a trembling. What's, what's shaking the earth up? And he said, hey, I don't know, but you better get up here pretty quick. We can't hang on to him any longer. And boy, I'll tell you what, on the third day, kick that stone out and come out of that grave. And, and because he lives, we can live today also. But he had that entry into that grave for you and me. He entered into Jerusalem. He entered into that grave to conquer that grave. Matthew 28 and verse 5 says, And the angel answered said unto the woman as they came to that, that grave, He says, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He's not here, for He's risen. He, he said, Come see the place where the, Lord, where the Lord lay. He entered that grave that He might come forth in victory and conquering death and hell and the graves for you and me. That Because He lives, we can have life eternal also. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 55 through 57, he says, O death, where's thy sting? O grave, where's thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason that he entered into Jerusalem is so that he could push the hand of the, the religious people to, to crucify him. The reason he entered into that grave so that he could come forth victorious for you and me, that we might have a living Savior. Hey, listen, you can go to those who worship Hare Krishna and say, hey, where's your, where's, where's your, where's your, where's your God? And he, well, he's down there in the grave, my friend. You go over here to this one and say, where's, where's this one over here? He said, well, he's in the grave. You can go over to this one over here and, and Buddha and different ones and all that. Say, where is he? he say, well, he's in the grave, but we, we follow him. You can go to our, our, our Savior and say, hey, they say, where is he? We say, he's not in there. He's up there. Amen. He entered into the grave for you and me. Become victorious over death. The greatest enemy that most people think of is death. But my friend, when you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, 
It's not an enemy. It's a way home. It's a way home. Because the victory has been won through Jesus Christ. That then led him to the next triumphal entry. He entered Jerusalem. He entered the grave. And then Jesus entered the throne room and sat at the right hand of the Father in heaven for you and me. Mark chapter 16 verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, this was after the resurrection, He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Well, he said, well, okay, He went to heaven, He's at the right hand of God. Oh, you don't understand. That's, the right hand is the place of power. The place of strength. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now because of this entry into the throne room of God, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. We now have an advocate. We now have an intercessor to intercede for us before the Heavenly Father. He has the ear of God, you might say. He has the ear of, of the Father. He's the Son. And He has the ear. It's like this. If... If, uh, if you want to talk to many, if you was wanting to talk to uh, the, the leader of a country, uh, you're not going to just walk up to him and start talking to him. You're going to have to go through this one and this one and this one and this one to ever get to, to the leader. And, and my friend, I want you to understand that when we sin, when there was sin that came into the world through Adam and Eve, there was a, there was a, a, a veil that was put between us and God and, and no longer could we enter into the presence of the Heavenly Father. Had to have the priest go into the veil once a year behind that veil and offer that sacrifice for the atoning of the people's sins. And now we've got one that's went behind the veil. He's our advocate. He's our intercessor. He's our high priest. His name is Jesus Christ. He entered the throne room of the Heavenly Father. He sat down at the right hand of the Heavenly Father and He's there to, to speak to the Lord for you and I. He entered in. He's a great high priest that has entered the holy of holies for you and me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 says, Who is he that con condemneth it? Uh, who, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, and that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You say, I don't quite understand it. It's like this. Come here. Both of you guys, come on. I'm going to let you, since you're, you're the tallest, I'll let you be God, all right? This is his right hand. Are oh, you looking at us backwards? But this is this is right hand. For those of you that it didn't do so well in school, this is the right, okay? This is the Christian out here. He's, he's struggling. He's having problems. Jesus Christ has entered in to the throne room. He's at the right hand of the Father. Now, the, the Christian... What he does, he don't just come up here and, and, and in prayer and, and talk to the Father. No, uh-uh. He, he, he realizes that there's somebody else that will intercede for him. Somebody that has some sway. Somebody that has some ability to get the job done. Somebody that the, the Heavenly Father respects highly. 
So he goes to the son. He begin, you begin to pray and you begin to talk to, to the, the, the Savior and, and say, Lord, whatever it is, he, he, maybe, he's had a, maybe he's had a rough week. The devil's been on his trail. He's struggling and he's battling with some type of sin. He comes, he asks Jesus Christ to forgive him of his sin. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just forgives our sins and cleanses from all unrighteousness. He comes to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ comes to the Heavenly Father and says, listen, uh, we, we got Levi over here and, and uh, he sinned, but he's come to me. He's asked my, uh, me for forgiveness. Uh, he's confessed that sin to me and is, it's all right that I, that I forgive him, right? Okay, you're forgiven. Uh, go, go and, and, and live for, for, the, uh, for the Lord and, and don't do those things anymore and, and follow after the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And so he goes on. Another time he comes back and there's another problem. He doesn't go right to the Father. He comes to that great high priest, Jesus Christ in heaven. He, he's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's the one that goes to the heavenly Father for us and says, hey, listen, he's struggling down here. I want to help him. And, and I, I, he, he's asking for this and asking for that. Is it okay? I, I knew it would be. It's okay. The Heavenly Father said it's all right. And so he has entered. Jesus Christ has entered into the heavenlies. He's entered in to the, to the Holy of Holies. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we come to him because he's our advocate. He is our intercessor. And he gets the attention of the Father. And I'm going to tell you something. The Father's going to give the Son anything that the Son asks the Father for. Now for you and me, it's our grandkids. Now, Hunter comes and asks me for something. I said, nah. <laughs> Heather comes to me and asks me for something. I can say, nah. But you let Reagan, Chesney, Levi, Blake come to me and say, Grandpa, do you think? It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's taken care of. Can we have some money? How much you need? They look at you and say, how much you got? Just take it. Thank you, guys. We have an advocate. Jesus entered to, into Jerusalem to present himself to the world as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They rejected him. He enters into the grave. He defeats death and hell and the grave. He comes forth and he's at the right hand of the Father. He's entered into the Holy of Holies for you and me. But there's another great entry that he's wanting. Another entry from that day to this day, he seeks to enter the hearts of all who will receive him. Middle of May on Wednesday night, 1975, his lost, lost sinner, been under conviction. Well, I remember it. I remember the conviction, knowing that if I died, I go to the devil's hell. I got up, I was sitting back on this side, back towards the back with my friends. I had a girlfriend, had some friends there, and I never went forward. I wanted to go forward and say, but I never went forward because I was afraid of what they might say. And that conviction was so heavy on that Wednesday night. As God was dealing with my heart and said, listen, you're going to die and go to a devil's hell one of these days if you don't receive me as your Savior. My friend, I got up and before my feet, before my feet hit the outside of that outside that pew and headed down that, that, uh, that aisle, it had already been settled. I received Jesus Christ my Savior. I went to the front, I kneeled, and I asked the Lord even then, but I already knew I'd already received Him because my heart wanted Him. The Bible says, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. 
And with the mouth, confession's made unto salvation. There's a lot of people who've prayed a prayer, but they're going to miss heaven by about 11 inches. The distance from here to here. They got it here, but they never got it here. My friends, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. We're to live for Him with our heart. We get saved. But what happens is when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, He enters in. I no longer belong to myself. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. He comes in to dwell within us. The Holy Spirit dwells within the born-again believer. He comes in. Oh, my friend, this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you just prayed a prayer from the head and not from the heart, He never entered in. You've got you've to allow Him to come in. It's not just praying a prayer, folks. Hey, I can sit in a chicken house and say, I'm a chicken, 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 I'm a chicken. And it doesn't matter how high eggs get. I'm not going to get any eggs and I'm not going to sell my eggs because I'm not a chicken. And you can say you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, Christian, and you'll still die and go to hell. It's with the heart. When I, I stood, uh, when I stood uh, there in, 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 at Marshfield in, 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 at, at Baptist Temple there and, and, and held the hands and looked into the eyes of, of, my, of my bride uh, to be, we was getting married and everything. Oh man, oh yeah. Can't wait to lay one on her. Mm. I made a commitment to her. It wasn't in my mind, well, if this don't work out, honey, I'll get me one of them $19.95 divorces. No. It was with the heart. I committed myself unto her. Middle of May of 1975, when I received Jesus Christ my Savior, I committed my heart to him, and he came in. Jesus went into Jerusalem in what they call the triumphal entry. But really, the triumphal entry it opened doors after that. He, he went to, he went to the, the grave, and then he, he went to the, the throne room of God, and, and then He's there waiting to come into your heart, to enter into your life, to, that you might uh, receive Him as your personal Savior, that you might have eternal hope through Him. Hey, listen, Christian, He desires to enter into every area of your life. Yes, He's in your heart if you've received Him as your Savior, but He wants to be in every part of your life. we got too much Christianity today that, that flips it on on Sunday and flips it off on Monday. My friend, that's not what God wants. He wants it on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and start her all over again. We got too much of this stuff that is like the world and playing games. Hey, listen, we don't need to play games. We need to get serious about the one that comes into our hearts. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My father and I, and my father and uh, will love him and we'll come unto him and make our abode with him. Boy, I'll tell you what, it sure is good. I, I remember, come back up here, watch, you're, you're the tallest up here. Good night, I'll tell you what, these guys get so big and tall, everything. 
I used to be as tall. I just scrooched this. It comes out this way. But anyway, I said, boy, you must have really been tall. <laughs> I remember one time we had a, a boy named Phil McCoy on the basketball team. Little feller. And he was honorary as, as, as he could be. He was just an honorary little rascal, but we liked him. He'd stir up stuff. But we protected him. And because we protected him, he stirred up more stuff. We finally put him in one of the lockers in the locker room and closed it and he couldn't get out for a while. But that rascal would do this. Hey, you're ugly. And he'd hide behind us. And those guys say, what'd you say? I said, you ugly. <clears throat> he knew that we'd protect him. Now, after we took care of his problem that he had created, we take him back in the corner and we take care of him too. But can I tell you something? When you got Jesus Christ, your Savior, he's in your heart. He come in. He wants you to walk with Him. And He, he wants you to go wherever He goes. He wants you to spend time with Him. He wants you to be proud that, that He's your Savior. He wants you to share Him with other people. He wants to be a part of your life. Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday. But I'm telling you what, every single moment of your day, He wants to be a part of your life. And when the old devil comes around, you can just kind of go like that and step behind Him. Amen? <laughs> He's here to protect you. Thank you, Lord. He cares about your life. Not just your soul, but your life. And that's why He moved in. You see, He could have saved you and give you a home in heaven without moving in. But He says, I know how they are. Holy Spirit, you better go down and seal them. You better go down and live within them. They're going to need some help. They're going to need some strength. Oh, how we need to walk with Him. We need to talk with Him. We need to fellowship with Him. He's entered in. One day, He will enter the clouds to take us home. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep, and Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven and uh, with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead and Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds so or to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Soon and very soon, I believe, the Lord's coming back. Oh, preacher, is that his second coming? No, that's not the second coming. The second coming is when he comes back at the end of the tribulation period to wipe out in the battle of Armageddon and all that. That's the true second coming. But he's coming in the clouds to call his church home, to call those who know Jesus Christ their Savior. He's going to, it's called the rapture. See, preacher, I've never seen the word rapture. Well, the, well I said we talked about catching us out. That, the word for catching us out is rapture, to be caught out of there. 
He's there. He's going to call us out of here one day. He's coming back. He's going to enter the clouds. He's going to step out of glory. He's going to step out of heaven from the presence of the Father. And He's going to step down onto those clouds. And He's going to, I don't know what He's going to say. I don't know if He's going to say, come up hither. He said, with the voice of an archangel, as the trump of God sounds, He's going to call us out of there. And we're going to meet Him in the air. The Bible says, so shall we ever be with Him. Never to leave Him. Never to, to have to worry about all the junk in this world again. He's going to enter the clouds for you and me. We're seeing a lot of things take place. I never believed, I never thought I would, I, I thought, you know, how you say, well, I think we'll see the Lord come back maybe one of these days and you get to think about it, you get to talk about it. But I never thought I would see all the pulling together of the things that's happening in the world today. But you can take that book, that Bible, and you can see the soon coming of the Lord in the air. As He enters those clouds to catch us out of here. One day then, after that, Jesus will enter into the judgment seat. Revelations 20, verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and Him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, preacher, how do you get your name in the book of life? By letting Jesus come in. By receiving Him as your Savior. At some point, we'll all come before the Lord in a judgment seat. There's what is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. That will be where God will judge the Christian. Not, it won't be anything about salvation because it's already settled. You're saved. You're in heaven. It's a marriage supper of the Lamb, and as we gather there, there will be a time of, of judging when the Lord will step into that judgment seat at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and He will judge us according to our works of what we did, whether they be good or whether they be evil, and, and how we lived as a Christian here. We'll receive rewards for those things which we did as we lived for the Lord. The other things as we live for our flesh, the Bible talks about the rewards being gold, silver, and precious stones, and Wood, hay, and stubble, the wood, hay, and stubble, everything's going to be piled up, set on fire, and only that which remains, which will be the gold, silver, and precious stones, will be our reward. The Bible says that every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that He's Lord. So then every one of us shall give an account of what we've done in this body whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's for those who've received Christ their Savior. There's a judgment concerning how we live that we might receive rewards. But then there's the great white throne judgment. And all who have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior will come before that throne. The books will be open. Your whole life has been recorded Every thought, 
every word, every deed, and every intent recorded, written down. And you will be judged according to that as far as how terrible your eternity is going to be in hell. The book of life is here. They flip it open. They look for you in the book of life. No, he's not in the book of life. You're judged by, by how you lived and your punishment is accordingly. They'll be written in there on such and such date. He had an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. It was, it was, uh, it was April the 10th and, uh, 2000, or, uh, 2022 at Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, they, that preacher uh, gave an invitation after preaching about the entry of, of Jesus Christ into, into Jerusalem and all the other entries and even judgment and how he went to the grave and the cross that this person might be saved. And they, and, and Lord, you dealt with him. The Holy Spirit convicted them that day it says right here and they said no he said cast them into the lake of fire which is the second death he said depart from me for I never knew you the word that is translated there to cast means to literally hurl like you would throw a baseball. Those angels will literally, in their power and their strength, will take that person and literally throw them into a lake of fire. Forever and ever and ever. Hebrews 9.20 says, As is a point unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And closing, last one. Lastly, we will enter into eternity with Jesus Christ into His rest. Hebrews 4. Beginning verse 1 says, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left, left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Otherwise, everybody's had that opportunity. But the word preached did not profit them. Otherwise, they re rejected it. Not mixed with faith in them that heard it. It goes on and says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. There'll come a time at the end of the judgments. And I want to hear this. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Boy, you know how it is when you've been out working hard? Well, some of you know what it is. You get home, it's been a hot day. The air conditioner is on in the house. You go in and you sit down. You're tired. And that lovely wife brings you a glass of cold, sweet tea. There's a reward in heaven for that, ladies. 
Especially if she brings you some homemade ice cream with it. Amen. Don't you think, Patrick, homemade ice cream go with good? Yeah. You know, you just rest. You sip on that tea. It feels pretty good. One of these days with Jesus Christ, we'll enter in that eternal rest. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more death. No more IRS. Boy, what a time. We'll gather around the throne of God. I think old Dustin say, okay, it's time to sing, folks. Let's go. He'll probably get out that guitar. You say, guitar in heaven? Oh, yeah. Banjo, too. <clears throat> Got to have banjo in heaven. Got to have fiddle. Mandolin. Okay, for you high hairs, there'll be a harp. Bowl was cut loose. Man, we're going to sing and we're going to enjoy it. I think for the first five or six thousand years, man, we're just going to sing and sing and sing. He said, well, What's God got planned for us? I don't know, but it's going to be good. You won't get tired. Won't be no weeds to pull out of the garden. Won't be no grass to cut. Won't have to punch a, a clock at work. Eternally rest, enjoying our Lord and Savior when you enter in. My friend, this morning, Jesus entered in that triumphal entry. But if you want to look at that entry, it opened up doors of His other entries for you and me. That one day we might be at that last one to enter into His rest. If you know Jesus Christ your Savior, come this morning. Let's take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Christian, He lives within you. He desires for you to live for Him, to walk with Him, to fellowship with Him, to allow Him to control and guide your life every day. He's there. Don't turn a deaf ear to the Holy Spirit of God. Don't turn a deaf ear to what He has for your life. See, we're preaching, I've sinned. He's in the Holy of Holies. He's your adversary. He's your advocate. Enter into His presence and ask for forgiveness. Let Him have His way. Let's bow. Father, we thank You. Lord, for that triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the culmination of all Your ministry, and widely and openly acknowledging You are the Messiah, the King of kings, the, the Son of God. Oh Lord, I know they crucified You, but I know it was Your plan because You was pushing them that You might enter into the grave and conquer death, the grave and hell and sin for us. Oh, thank You that You're at the right hand of the Father. You've entered into the Holy of Holies. That we have an advocate, an intercessor that we can come to. Thank you, Lord, for entering into our hearts in salvation if we would receive you. Thank you, Lord. One day, even in judgment, that you're going to enter into, it'll be just, it'll be right. 
And Lord, thank you for that rest. Lord, it's coming one day. Have your will and way now, Lord, I pray in this invitation. May you enter into it. May the Holy Spirit deal with hearts. and May the lost receive Christ today. They may have been baptized. They may have joined a church, but they've never truly received in their heart. May they come today and let's take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around?